Hi, this is Nathan. Before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to join me on an incredible adventure this November of 2024. I am taking a small group of believers to Turkey, what the New Testament called Asia Minor, for a 12-day Bible study tour of the early church. We'll be studying the book of Acts and many of the epistles on location as we visit ancient cities like Ephesus, Laodicea, Heropolis, Antioch, Pergamum, and many more. If you are interested in joining me this November for a once-in-a-lifetime adventure as we study where much of the New Testament and early church took place, you can learn more by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. And if you're interested, don't delay. Spots are limited and on a first-come, first-served basis, and a $100 discount is available if you register before May 27th. I do hope you can join me. And again, more information is available at deeperchristian.com forward slash turkey. Now, here's the episode. Welcome to episode 317 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk about the two-fold position of every believer. Let's dive in. Over the last several weeks, I've been doing a lot of study in the book of Ephesians and Colossians. I've been jumping back into my series in Ephesians, which I'm so excited about, and then also prepping a five-part series walking through our students through the book of Colossians that I'll be doing here in a couple of weeks. And it's been amazing as I've been just rethinking and restudying through Ephesians and Colossians, just how the theme of being in Christ is so highlighted. In the book of Ephesians, 30 times in the first three chapters, Paul says that our position is in Christ. It's in him. It's in whom? And as he's walking through those first three chapters, He's saying, look, your position is to be seated in Jesus Christ, that you're not to leave that position. And then in the back half of, of the book of Ephesians, he talks about the practical outflow of if my position is in Christ, well, this is what it looks like in my everyday life. And in the book of Colossians, Paul does the very same thing, but he emphasizes the other side of that position. In other words, when you look at the Christian life, we are it's like two sides of the same coin that as Paul would say, my life is in Christ and profoundly his life is in me. Now to take a step back a little bit further before we dive into that, it's, it's beautiful to think that when you're walking through scripture, there is this overwhelming declaration that you are not as you should be. You are marred and filled and tainted with sin as Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, that all of us have become like one who is unclean and all of our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. In other words, we are clothed with sin. We are marked and stained by the things of this world. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all of us need rescue. All of us need redemption. Well, what hope do we have? In a grand declaration of all that Jesus has done in 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says that he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf 
so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And I love that statement that here I am, as, as Isaiah said, I'm, I'm a filthy garment. All my righteous deeds are just but pollution. It's a filthy rag. Well, how on earth am I going to be righteous? How on earth do I get to have relationship with the God of the universe? And Paul says, do you realize that Jesus, who had no sin, actually took on my sin? He became sin for me so that I could actually take on his righteousness. And there's this incredible exchange that he takes my sin and I take his righteousness. And that is not fair. (laughs) I mean, I get all the benefit. I mean, I get the worst part of myself, that sinful, prideful, self-focused propensity of my soul. Jesus says, I will die for that. I'm going to forgive that. I'm going to redeem that. And I'm in exchange going to give you my righteousness. That is so profound to me because we do not deserve that. So again, ponder this idea that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have a problem called sin. And in this robe that we are wearing of of unrighteousness and sin and filthy rags, Jesus exchanges with us. He takes on our robe of unrighteousness, our filthy rags, so that we can actually be clothed with his righteousness which is what Isaiah 61 verse 10 says. Listen to this. This is so profound. Isaiah says, I will rejoice greatly in Yahweh. My soul will rejoice in my God for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. And he's foreshadowing the reality of Christ. And he says, do you not recognize that that I have been cleansed. Yes, I, I, I am full of filthy rags and, and my, my best acts of righteousness are but nothing. And yet what has he done? He has really given me his garments of salvation. He has become my salvation and he's really clothed me with a robe of righteousness. Paul expresses this kind of in a fun way in Ephesians chapter four, where he says, put off that former way of living, which is according to the world, and put on Jesus Christ. And again, he's using clothing language. And I think he's hearkening back to what Isaiah was saying in uh, chapter 61 and chapter 64. And Paul says, just like you would take off an overcoat, hey, take off those garments of sin. Take, take off that former way of living that is in accordance with the world. And instead, clothe yourself in that garment of salvation, in that robe of righteousness, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, think about this twofold position that we get to have as a Christian, that because of the work of Christ on the cross, that I I get to be cleansed and redeemed. In fact, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That, That... there's a new reality within my very being. And what is that reality? I am a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. That those old ways, that that old garment has passed away and I am now clothed with this garment of salvation. His name is Jesus, which ironically the name Jesus means salvation or Yahweh saves. 
So this garment that I am wearing is Christ himself. So think about the two sides of the coin. That as a Christian, my position is now in Christ. I was in the world. I was living according to the thoughts and the deeds of the, of the flesh. But now there's been this exchange. And now I am in Christ. That I'm in his clothing. That I am in him. And yet, again, as Paul brilliantly declares in Colossians 1.27, that the other side of this coin is this grand mystery, which has been hidden for ages and generations, but God has now revealed, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I am in Christ and Christ is in me. The way I'll often try to describe this is thinking it from like a spirit physical and spiritual. In other words, physically, I am sitting here speaking into this microphone and you are physically wherever you are listening. And yet spiritually, do you realize that Paul says that you are in Ephesians 2, that you are seated in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms. So you are literally in Christ seated in him at the right hand of the father. So I am physically here, but I am spiritually in a position in him there. But physically, Jesus is physically seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, and yet he is spiritually dwelling in my life. He sent forth his spirit, called the Holy Spirit, to indwell my life. So though he is physically there, he is spiritually inside of me, and I am physically here and spiritually in him. And there's this incredible twofold position that we get to experience as a believer. I am in Christ, Christ is in me. Listen to how Jesus illustrates this in John chapter 15. He's talking about the vine and the branches. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And as you look at verse four and five, he uses that same language of I'm in you and you're in me. Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking, John 15, verse four and five. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit from itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And he says, look, it's it's this idea of abiding. And it's the Greek word minnow, which is that idea, which I've talked about countless times before, but it's that idea of like to rest, to sink down, to hold tight to something. And my, again, my favorite definition of abiding is to refuse to depart or, or as one Greek dictionary translates, it's, it's a constant, enduring, inward, personal communion. That, that what I have with Jesus is that, that I'm resting in him, that I'm living to, in him. I'm clinging to him. I am not letting go. I'm refusing to depart from him. Why? Because he's the vine. He's, he's the life source for the branch. So if I'm going to experience life, if I'm going to ever bear fruit as a branch, I've got to remain. I've got to cling. I've got to hold tight to him. And yet the beautiful thing about vine and branches is that when you look at where that vine and the branch connects, is it the branch holding on to the vine or is it the vine holding on to the branch? Yes. Is the, is the branch abiding in the vine or is that vine somehow connected and abiding in the branch? Ah, uh, yes. And Jesus says, hey, abide in me and I in you. 
that there's that twofold reality, that position that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And that changes everything. Because if my position is in him and I'm resting in him and and he is my life and he is my sustenance and and I'm living, as 1 John 4, 9 says, I'm living through him. Do you realize that he is the source? He is the focus. He is the delight. And yet if he's abiding in me and his spirit dwells within me, then he's the empowerment, that he's the he's the joy, he's the love, he's the peace, he's the patience, he's everything I need for life and godliness, as 2 Peter 1.3 reminds us. So as a Christian, if you are genuinely a Christian and you put your hope and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is your Lord and master, do you recognize that you are experiencing this twofold reality, that they your garments of filth, your garments of blood, that those those filthy rags have been exchanged for a garment of salvation. His name is Jesus, that he is your robe of righteousness because he is your righteousness, that you have exchanged your sin and you have taken on his righteousness, that you are this new creature, this new creation in Christ Jesus Those old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. You've thrown off that former cloak, that clothing of of sin and death and the world, and you have really put on the the new garment, that salvific garment of righteousness. His name, again, is Jesus. And in that reality, you are living moment by moment in Christ, and he, through his indwelling spirit, is living inside of you. And as you begin to walk through scripture, that is so beautiful and it affords you so many things. For example, we are reminded that we are more than conquerors in Jesus, that, that I'm not a conqueror outside of him. I, I, I cannot deal with my own sin. I, I cannot win my battle battles with temptation outside of Christ. But in Jesus, if, if my position is in him and his position is in me, then do you realize that I am more than a conqueror in him? Because when those temptations and trials and difficulties come, I can rejoice. I can walk in purity. I I can be victorious. I can live with peace and and love. Why? Because the one who are those things, he is the love. He is the joy. He is the peace. He is the victory. He is living his life in and through me. So can I encourage you as a believer to hold fast, remind yourself, declare the wonders of the gospel to your soul that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. I love that meditation. And if you just want a fresh reminder, I'd encourage you to read through the book of Ephesians and Colossians because Paul is just hammering that reality saying, don't forget your position. Well, I pray that's just a blessing and encouragement to your soul. On a fun side note, my new book, The 30-Day Adventure to Know Jesus More, I know it's quite a title, (laughs) Uh, just released this last week. I just got it sent to the printers. It's now up on Amazon. I wrote this a couple of years ago as a 30-day challenge to say, okay, let's, it's, and it's not a, it's a devotional, but it's not a devotional. I'm not a big fan of devotionals as a whole. (laughs) So it's like a devotional, non-devotional, whatever you want to call that. But I had this desire saying, okay, 
let's let's run after Jesus. Let's get to know him more, not just in theory, but practically. I want to know Christ and the fullness of his life within me. And so I wrote this 30-day challenge, and a lot of you have gone through that, but I edited it and rewrote a lot of parts of it, and it's now out in book form. It's on Amazon, both as a physical copy or in Kindle. And if you were just wanting a challenge or an adventure guide to walk through, okay, how do I know Jesus more? And there's these 30 adventures that you can read and go through to give you practical ways to know Jesus more. They're just things to study, things to know, and things to practically do to increase your love and increase your knowledge, not just informationally, but your experience with the living God. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes in case you're interested, but just want to let you know that it's available. And again, for show notes of this episode, including all the verses I mentioned earlier, you can find all of that by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash 317 for episode 317. And until next time, know I'm cheering you on and I'm praying for you as you live in this amazing twofold reality of being in Christ and Christ being in you. See you next time.